0: Hi, my name is Aviva Silverman, and I will be having a conversation with Lee for the New York City Trans Oral History Project in collaboration with the New York Public Library's Community Oral History Project. This is an oral history project centered on the experiences of trans-identifying people. It's November 6th, 2019, and it's being recorded in
1: Chinatown. Hi. Hi.
0: How are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm fine. How was your day?
1: My day was great, actually. I had classes today and uh, midterms, so it went very good. So I'm very happy about it.
0: Can you tell me why you're happy?
1: I'm happy because I've been working on some projects. Um, I guess, like, I'm Chilean, and right now there are so many things going on in my country. So I try to connect my projects um, with the things that are going on in my country, like not exactly with some things that I've been reading and with the protests, but um, I ended up just creating things that, that are connected historically, so, and that make, made a lot of sense for me and mm-hmm. made a lot of sense for my classmates mm-hmm. and my professor. so seems powerful.
0: When you say it seems powerful, can you tell me what that means? It
1: um, means that I'm... Mm, it's like a very deep question, I guess. significa que le estoy enseñando a la gente cosas que la gente no sabe acerca de la situación en en mi país y sobre una herencia de desigualdad y de rabia y de de injusticia Eh, no pensé que eso podía de alguna manera conectar con, con ciertas maneras de creatividad que estoy desarrollando acá en Nueva York. Y realmente me emociona y me, me hace sentir súper feliz de ser capaz de poder conectar uh, experiencias personales y emocionales y historia con, con lo que estoy haciendo acá en mi máster. ¿Qué
0: I don't know if this is jumping into the deep end and something you want to talk about right now, um, but, like, what does it mean to be in New York and, and feel and understand what's happening there through media and through and through phone calls with your family?
1: I think, first of all, I feel like I don't want to be here right now. I wish I I was in Chile. That's something very deep that I've been feeling, and I wish I could just take a plane and go there and, like, go to the protest and, like, be with my friends and with my family give my friends a hug go to the streets uh, write a poster that sort of thing i feel that i'm not doing it here i'm trying to be in contact with some chileans and the chilean community and we are doing things we're organizing uh, gatherings and yeah but um it just feels isolating somehow but at the same time, I think that I can do something from like, maybe I create this war and it doesn't exist. I call it like micro activism, the way that I connect with people one on one. And I talk about the situation in my country, I talk about what I'm feeling. I talk about my family. I talk about our history and that makes a lot of sense for me. Like I do that in different levels, like with friends, with lovers. Um, with classmates, with my professors, I do it with people that I don't know sometimes at parties. So um, it's powerful every time that I can like spread the world, the word, or um, just being open and and, and honest and, and talk about things that are important for me right now seems powerful.
0: Um, I wanted to ask you two questions that are, are different, but I wanted to know if there's like a song from your childhood that you ever think about or that, um, you've thought about recently. I and know. also as a follow-up, if there's any chance from, from what's happening in the protests that have, that's been stuck in your head.
1: There is a song by Victor Hara called vivir en Paz, uh, that song, has been playing a lot in protest. That was a day or a like few days, I think, maybe for a week. I'm not sure. They were playing the song every day at the same time. All the houses were playing the song. So then I've been reading like social media and, and experiencing it from people. A lot of people were crying, other people had a lot of anger. Um, just to give some context, Victor Hara was a musician, um, singer, songwriter. He was killed by the military during the dictatorship and uh, the way they killed him was like brutal. Uh, They broke his hands because with his hand he was playing guitar. So they broke his hands first and then they killed him. Um, They tortured him. So um, that song has been in my mind a lot these days because of the protest. But also because of myself and the song, like really, it's a lot. So much of my personality and, and and the way that I isolate many times, I think, when I feel like things so deeply. Um, so it's present, has been present like before the protest, and now more than ever.
0: Would you mind singing or saying some <laughs> of it?
1: Well, the song. It's a very long song, <laughs> it's, I don't want to get very emotional, I guess, so I think El Derecho de Vivir en Paz uh, means like the right to live in peace, it's just the old that I can share because it's just so deep, it feels very private.
0: Um, and what has been your relationship to living here now?
1: Relationship with with what?
0: With New York.
1: My relationship with New York. I came to New York four years ago. I was driven by dreams, actually. I started dreaming about New York, and the dreams, like, (laughs) were very, like, vivid, and it was happening very often, so I was like, wow, maybe there is something I have to do in New York, or why I'm dreaming, like, I don't know, the reason is just thought that that maybe I had something to do here or maybe it was connected with some sort of like past life or something. So I create a path for myself to come here. Um, I got a fellowship from the Chilean government, uh, which paid my life here for a year. So it was very nice. And... Uh, It's had been like a hard time, I guess. It's still hard. It has been changing through time. For me, like I think, New York is a challenge every day, every minute. It's like finding a more authentic version of myself. Very new and like, like feel like I'm like born like. Um, reborn-ing? reborn yeah um, feels that I'm also like there are like so many transitions that I'm going through right now um, the fact that I have been like doing I've been developing a career in journalism for so long and here somehow I'm, I'm able to connect journalism with with art this is something super big and something that I couldn't do somewhere else. I don't know why. Um, I'm connecting with my body in ways that I haven't seen before in my life, too. So that's also very important. Um, Yeah.
0: Are there other ways that your dreams have driven some of the ways you are in your waking life?
1: Suelo tener sueños premonitorios bastante seguido, muchas veces no sé qué significan o aparecen imágenes que no entiendo, pero luego de algunos años soy capaz de ver que esas cosas ocurren y me acuerdo que lo soñé previamente. Tengo sueños de creaciones, tengo sueños con arte, tengo sueños con personas. Esos sueños me transmiten energía, me transmiten a veces temperatura, me transmiten olores. Uh, me conectan con, con experiencias, pero también con cosas que no han sucedido. Sí, tengo sueños, podría decir que tengo sueños. Una o dos veces al mes tengo sueños que después ocurren. Pero no he encontrado la manera de... De tener una participación más activa en esos sueños. O de... De comprender o de... Generar algún tipo de... No sé, de conexión. Más racional. Con esos sueños. Creo que los sueños me explican maneras... Me explican procesos. A través de colores o a través de formas. Me explican cómo tomar decisiones. Y... Nothing, it has a de realismo magical realism, but I like it, I love
0: it. Is there any that come to mind right now, like a specific one that you're thinking of?
1: Mm. No, it doesn't come to mind. Okay. Maybe it comes, but I don't want to talk about
0: it. <laughs> okay. Um... I wanted to know uh, what is the way that you talk about your gender?
1: Mm -hmm. I'm exploring that.
0: I'm going to repeat the question. Um, I wanted to know if you could speak about or to explain to us how you talk about your gender.
1: Yeah. My gender is something that when I think about it, it's hard to me to put words like to describe like what's my gender? I think it has never been one thing. It can be described through words. Probably wouldn't find the words in English to explain what I'm feeling. even in Spanish, I think I will be short. I never I never explain my gender through words. When I think about my gender, I feel... I don't know, I think about feelings. I think about colors. Or shapes, or smells. I know that might be very abstract, the way that I'm explaining it. But I think I don't have words.
0: Is there an early memory that you could describe? Where you're like, oh. I
1: remember, yeah. Yeah. I think when I was a kid, I don't know. I just like. I was convinced that I was a boy for many years until someone just said, "Like you're not." So everything what I was doing was like kind of boyish thing, like the way I was playing or the things that I like doing. Uh, games or the way I was dressing. I have many pictures, like my mom let me dress as a boy for many years. Um, but then I think she freaked out. <laughs> at some point, so she tried to correct. I don't know if that's the right word, like correct the way that I was sitting or talking or behaving. Um, so I think gender for me has been changing through life like many times. Um, as a masculine center of energy person, um, ser forzado a comportarme socialmente como una mujer creo que fue una experiencia traumática y estoy recién dándome cuenta del trauma que eso generó en mí pero tiene una raíz en en muchas cosas que también estoy explorando a través de la terapia creo que nunca tuve la oportunidad cuando niño de entender lo que era una transición. Nunca tuve esa información por parte de mis padres, nunca tuve esa información por parte de mis profesores en el colegio, en un nivel educacional. Nunca tuve esa información eh, en el trabajo. Nunca nunca tuve acceso. No es algo que ni siquiera si vas a un doctor te podría explicar. Si mi mamá me hubiese llevado a un doctor cuando yo tenía cinco años, un doctor no hubiese podido ayudarla tampoco. Porque crecimos en una dictadura que no nos permitió tener un acceso más profundo a la educación. Y esa es una, es una... es un trauma que mi familia y mis padres, sobre todo, han tenido sobre ellos por toda su vida. Y de alguna manera me tocó a mí, ya que yo crecí criado por ellos, Y no tuve acceso a muchas cosas. Porque ellos no tuvieron tampoco ese acceso. De la manera en la que entiendo el género, si vuelvo a la pregunta. ¿Me identifico como un chico? Creo que siempre me he identificado como un chico. Creo que nunca me lo permití. Por 35 años. Me identifiqué mucho tiempo como lesbiana, pero tampoco... Me sentí feliz y me sentí pleno con esa definición. Incluso teniendo acceso a a poder leer o a algunos amigos transgénero en Chile en los años 90 o al principio del año 2000, nunca me lo hubiese permitido a mí tampoco por un tema de presión social. Entonces, nada, creo que es un trauma y tuve un bloqueo emocional con eso por muchos años. Y recién ahora en Nueva York me he sentido más libre de poder explorar Eh, poder más que explorar poder poder permitirme la libertad de decidir y de poder ser feliz con respecto a mi género y poder transicionar creo que no me hubiese permitido eso en Chile nunca pero me lo estoy permitiendo ahora en Nueva York y nada me siento súper feliz creo que no es algo que la sociedad me está permitiendo ni me lo está permitiendo nada menos no me lo están permitiendo las hormonas tampoco se si me lo estoy permitiendo yo es un regalo que me estoy haciendo a mí y ese regalo se conecta con con la intención de ser más honesto y ser más honesto conmigo mismo creo que es el primer paso en esa intención
0: okay sorry I understand some of that <laughs> um, and I think um, if at any point you should fill in what I, um, I missed. Uh, I wanted to know when the idea of transness first came to you also, mm. which perhaps you got into, I, you did speak about being a child and I mm. wasn't sure.
1: Yeah, no, I was talking about, uh, just behaving as a boy, like, for so many years, but then like, my mom, like, freaked out. And then, <laughs> yeah, I didn't allow myself to explore my gender identity for decades because of many things, it was like a family pressure, social pressure, Um, also in terms of education, there wasn't much education about um, gender identity in my country because of the dictatorship. So my family grew up with a lack of information and education. And somehow that was transferred to me and to my sister and it's like something, some sort of trauma that is like carry over like generations, intergenerational trauma. So I didn't allow myself to explore that even though that I knew that I was something that like, okay, like am I lesbian? Maybe. So that was the label that I put on myself for many years.
0: How do you say lesbian in Spanish? Lesbiana. Okay, it's
1: <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I put that label on me and I wasn't happy. There was something weird. Like I wasn't comfortable, like kind of labeling myself because I was dating woman or like queer woman or like cis woman, whatever. Uh, there was something like missing within that framework. So yeah, then like I started researching more and I was like, okay, what's going on with me? And Yeah. Like I, I had a few trans friends too, but I I never allow myself to like like take decisions about it, uh, mostly because of pressure, because of like work, because of like society, because of many things. I didn't feel like like I would. I would have been able to do it in my country actually, and I came to New York and here I've been feeling so much freedom, which is a very contradictory, contradictory feeling too because like. Uh, There's no freedom at all for people like us But at the same time, I feel a lot of freedom like being far away from my country and allowing myself to To be more authentic and to honest with myself
0: Um, Would you mind elaborating on the no freedom at all? To work the When you just said there's no freedom at all for people like us Could you elaborate for people to understand? what people like us means.
1: For people like us, I mean, like, self-determined, self-determination, gender, uh, people of color, otherness. Because of the government, because of the system, but more than Donald Trump, I think is capitalism itself like getting bigger and bigger and it's sad to see like people are not really noticing the way that they are um, spread might not be the right word um, exercising capitalism every day in their lives through emotional connections uh, creo que la gente no es consciente de de cuánto ellos... de la cultura capitalista en la que viven, y de la manera en que ellos... se mantienen ejercitando ese capitalismo en la manera en cómo se relacionan con las personas, en la manera en cómo escuchan, o en su inhabilidad de escuchar, en la manera en cómo tratan de generar dinámicas de poder con otras personas, En la manera en la que creen que están haciendo activismo, pero su activismo en realidad no vale nada cuando no son capaces de escuchar eh, personas que tienen un background diferente al de ellos. En la manera en que ejercitan dinámicas que carecen de empatía, dinámicas que carecen de compasión. Me parece que esas son cosas que son muy difíciles de encontrar en esta sociedad Y lamentablemente las veo todos los días en mis amigos. La he visto mucho en relaciones emocionales, amantes. Uh, la he visto en personas que he amado muchísimo y que son activistas y son artistas. Pero me han tratado como basura emocionalmente. Quizás es un statement súper um, emocional. Pero... Sí, creo que la falta de empatía es algo. Que la sociedad tiene que trabajar. Y cuando pienso en eso, generalmente me siento muy triste. Siento que, que no sé muy bien por dónde esa noción de cambio que la gente a veces habla, por dónde viene. No sé si la, la gente, mi generación o la generación más jóvenes, están realmente trabajando en temas de empatía y en mejorar sus habilidades para escuchar. No sé, no lo he visto, pero quizás puede ser una, una, una opinión super personal.
0: All I want is your personal opinion. <laughs> um, okay, there's one thing that I might have misunderstood, but I when know. you were talking, you know,
1: probably No,
0: I I love it. I I was, um, you're talking about some sort of like trash mentality among like artists or something.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I was talking about, not trash mentality, I was talking about... It's like the no, direct, direct okay. translation. <laughs> uh, about people, like, I'm seeing a lot a lack of empathy and compassion. So when I'm talking about capitalism, that's the way that I see why capitalism among the people around me. So it's very sad for me to notice that a lot of my friends or past relationships or lovers or, like, classmates, they're, like, so... Their art and what they're doing as an activist is so amazing. But then like in an emotional level, it's just so poor. You know, again, I may not be using the right words, but um, I feel the There's way... No that, right words. That's the point. <laughs> yeah, the way that they behave emotionally is always like very selfish. So that's for me is capitalism. And that's the wildest way and the, the, the ugliest face of capitalism that I'm seeing within this society. And I see that every day. So that made me reflect a lot on like what people are really doing to change the system because it sounds very good in a piece of art or in a poster or when you go to the protest. Uh, let's dismantle capitalism. Like what does it mean for like Americans today? That's my question. What I'm seeing that like I'm going to just keep seeing it in art in a poster or like in a statement or in your websites or... When i'm when i'm gonna see that in a more deeper level i'm not sure if people are conscious about w- what capitalism means today how you can fight it what what what's the way that you can really fight it are people really fighting it i'm not sure
0: do you believe that um art can affect political change
1: yes <laughs> yeah I believe that it can it might be like I don't know I might be naive, I think, but I've seen things that at least touch me in a very deep level and are in my mind for a while and even like allow me to change behavior, like behaviors that I don't like, through art. So I think it's a way, it's one of many ways.
0: What's something you're thinking about?
1: Um... Something that I changed my mind, or something that yeah, I've been something like that touched girlfriend. you that
0: you saw that
1: was like I think music and sound touch me a lot. Um, sound art touch me. Um, music, collective and participatory art touch me a lot. Things are coming from communities and like political art.
0: What is political art?
1: Like? like everything can be political art, I guess very broad and concept um
0: Is there, i don't know something you've seen recently or um something, something you've held nice. on to that you've returned to and thought about a lot
1: i've been thinking a lot about um Jacobi's otherwise piece uh i guess because it touched me like in a... could you
0: um sorry just like give context to what that piece was or where it yeah was. it's
1: like a piece like me like it's a virtual reality piece uh, it's a pioneer work right now. Um, I think it's talking in a very political level, but also in a very personal level. Um, you are at home. That's the way of the piece, right? You are at home. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it really like it made me feel at home. Um, it's just. Say la manera like el express a, a queerness, pero también de una manera bastante emocional y personal. Um, no sé, solo no, no podría explicarlo. La verdad, no puedo explicarlo. But okay. so it's just like amazing. It's just, yeah, it's something that I can't find words to explain it. It's just it just touched me on an emotional level. And like, I feel like connected. I've been dreaming about it. It's just special. It's different. It seems different. Because of the medium also, I think like creating realities is something that I want to do. Um, like the realities or like the scenarios that you're not able to see right now, I think it's so powerful that you are able to create them. It's something that I really want to do.
0: And I wanted to know more about how you first came to journalism mm-hmm. and, and then how you transitioned to art.
1: I think the first thing that was in my mind was art for my whole life. I wanted to be a musician, actually, but I couldn't because of like family and uh, yeah, they just said that they wouldn't pay for me to be a musician. Uh, so just keep it as a hobby and try to do something else with your life. At that time, I was very rebel, so that was like a year that was fighting for it. Like, okay, I really want to do this thing, but I didn't have the money to like pay it by myself. So I was depending on my parents financial help and support. So I ended up doing something like I kind of like it, journalism and the connection with like working with communities and and the social justice connection between journalism and my political views. But art was always in my mind. I got very like no sé, fue super triste en ese momento para mí no poder ...desarrollar una carrera como músico. Y lo bloqueé por mucho tiempo. Como por 15 años no fui capaz de tocar música de nuevo. Me convertí en periodista. Trabajé mucho tiempo haciendo crítica de cine. Siempre me ha gustado mucho el cine. El videoarte. Entonces trabajé mucho con gente creando videoarte también. Es como... Yo creo que es difícil para la gente entender cómo el periodismo se conecta con arte o cómo yo lo conecté en algún momento en Chile. Lo conecté a través de la crítica de cine, lo conecté a través de la creación documental. Trabajé mucho tiempo en investigación documental. Entonces era algo que la gente en realidad que trabajaba en documental de una manera más artística necesitaba siempre investigadores, gente que investigara temas. Y para mí era súper como satisfactorio poder investigar ciertos temas, poder estar en contacto con la gente, poder entrevistarlos y poder armar Eh, poder conectar toda esa información que yo sacaba de las comunidades En una pieza documental, en una pieza de video Eso fue algo que en algún momento me hizo sentir súper como Que estaba haciendo lo correcto y que estaba en, el, en un camino como adecuado eh, Entonces creo que, que el periodismo ha estado siempre conectado con el arte De alguna u otra manera También un par de años eh, actué Actué en dos películas En un cortometraje y en una película También fue una experiencia increíble. Me gustó muchísimo. Escribí un par de guiones también. Entonces podría decir que el periodismo estuvo siempre conectado con el arte. Creo que ahora estoy más seguro que quiero usar el periodismo como una herramienta para crear arte o ciertas herramientas que el periodismo me dio por mucho tiempo, usarlas para crear arte. Que no necesariamente es arte documental o narrativas que se relacionan a la no ficción. También me interesa explorar narrativas híbridas y narrativas dentro de la ficción. Y quiero usar medios no necesariamente relacionados al, al documental o al audiovisual, también quiero usar medios relacionados a la realidad virtual o al arte interactivo, al arte generativo, el arte cyborg. Pero el periodismo creo que es una base, me da una base para poder hablar de la sociedad y para poder hablar... a uh, de temas que están ocurriendo de, no sé hablar de la sociedad creo que no lo puedo explicar de una manera más compleja porque no es tan complejo
0: Are there certain um, musicians or artists that you admire
1: um, yeah there are many uh, I think the most important ones are Brian Eno I really like I really like his statement like what he was doing, like he's not a musician, he called himself like a non-musician, like a self-talk musician, so that relates a lot with what I'm doing right now because I never had a formal training in music, so it's always coming from instinct or from feelings or from the fact that it's easy for me to play instruments, it's just I've like been learning instruments by myself. Um, So I really like what he was doing um, in terms of composition, like not following rules, uh, and that, that's just amazing. I like a lot Ruchi Sakamoto. I think his music is just something that that nobody else can do. It's just something very. Es muy personal y es muy emocional. Creo que todo lo que él hace, ha hecho música para películas. Es no sé creo que siempre me sorprende nunca deja sorprenderme siempre se está reinventando también entonces puedes escuchar algo de él like que hizo diez años atrás y va a sonar muy diferente a lo que está haciendo ahora no sé creo que siempre me enseña algo además su música me hace llorar que es algo que no sucede muy frecuentemente y su música me ayuda a conectar no sé con qué pero me ayuda a llorar quizás a conectarme conmigo mismo
0: um, when you worked for Democracy Now!, I was wondering what kind of affinity, politically, did you have towards working for that organization?
1: Well, I was working for Democracy Now! for a year. Um, so far, it has been the best work experience that I had in my life. Um, it was very, like, meaningful for me because I was wondering how can I help my Spanish-speaking community. Somehow, so I was, like, thinking about, like, volunteering for organizations, but also, like, time has been hard for me. Like, I never have, like, much time because I have always, like, two, three jobs. I also have classes right now, so my free time is very limited. Um I'm still exploring and, like, trying to, like like, reorganize my skills to do volunteering work. So Democracy Now! was, like, just an excellent place to work with journalism although i was trying to like leave a little bit journalism at the time but like they offered me this opportunity and I, I couldn't say no what i was doing there was like mostly translating but also like creating content for the spanish-speaking community so we were not just like creating content based on like our own ethics in our own editorial view we were working with communities we were going like to like talk with organizations we invited people to the studio we were talking with them we were listening to them like what do you need like how do you want this thing to be told so I never done that thing before in journalism I think I feel very embarrassing sometimes about journalism like mostly journalism in my country I think it's just like so bad and and yeah, it's just horrible. Um so the fact that we were connecting and listening in a deeper level it was just so
0: yeah. I think I know what you mean, but could you explain why media in your country is so horrible?
1: Uh it's horrible because <laughs> um journalism is very corporate, so at least like the main TV channels and newspapers and like radio, like are very corporate and they're like just following the rules and try to like keep the status quo in the same way that it has been like from the dictatorship. So they're not informing, they're lying sometimes, like many times. Um, so you can decide all the time, I guess you can decide working in alternative media or like leftist media. And I was doing that thing. But also it's very precarious because like money you're not getting like much money to like develop so it was like volunteering or getting a very low payment so you can't live mm-hmm. just by doing that so i always had that sort of like collaborations as a side jobs but i had to work on something bigger to make my life possible in chile which is a very expensive country too it's like kind of the same as new york but people earn like three four times less than the average um yeah, so I guess like my work on democracy now like like feel somehow like connecting with journalism that I was trying to like get rid of a little bit of the framework of work. But um, I guess that was my last job in journalism. I haven't worked after that I like doing journalism, but um also felt like like some sort of activism at the same time and social justice. I was learning a lot, I can say also that, that I, I, working at the Spanish department, like, for me learning so much about Latin American history, uh, so many things that I didn't know. Um, also, like, they learned a lot from me about Chilean history, uh, and that was amazing, like, when I left, like, they thanked me, because I prepared, like, a few times, like, like very interesting... Um, information, I can say that's not the right word, maybe. Um, Specials or like about the Chile history and the dictatorship and US intervention in the politics in my country. And and they were very like, wow, this is just a very good work. And this helped us a lot to understand the story of your country from a first person perspective. So that was yeah great
0: and can I just get a basic landscape because I'm not familiar um, when did the dictatorship end uh,
1: 98 91
0: and has there been a way to access like a queer or trans history in I don't know the main cities of Chile? like is there a history that you have familiarized yourself with or was that just not possible due to the dictatorship it
1: wasn't at yeah. all yeah right now people are like more into talking about queerness I would say that's the first thing talking about it and recognizing and looking at each other like hey like we're queer and uh,
0: how are they talking about it?
1: yeah I wasn't very connected I guess I, I think like talking about this thing like made me reflect on how much dissociation I have been allowing in my life for so many years so I think a lot of lot of ways that people are talking about queerness of this through art actually like through like video art and i participated to some like very interesting projects in collaboration with queer people also there's a lot of activism in the streets right now like the queer communities are very visible in the fight what do
0: they look like
1: Mm, you mean like look like
0: not, like, physically, like, <laughs> but, like, how do they manifest through, like, posters and, like... Yeah, like,
1: through posters, like, through, like, aesthetics. Um, they are, like, alternative media, like, websites that they're, like, portraying themselves also and, like, talking about, like, kink or, you know, um, queer sex work. Um, there are a lot of, like, queer artists, like, doing, like, amazing music. Uh... Yeah, like there are a few movies too. Like it's just like. What are like the people, names of the
0: movies?
1: Like there is one called, I can't remember the name in English.
0: You can say it in Spanish.
1: <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, but um. Yeah, I don't remember the name. I'm sorry. That I like it. It's the same director. Uh, he made two, two very good movies about a transgender person, and I had the. I was creating an anthology film archives a few years ago and I, I brought this, this movie and that was shown on a program, the trans film series, the first version of the trans film series. So that was a very important for me, to show the movie in like the reality of like, a trans person in Chile. Um, although it was very hard, I guess, anthology was very open to show the movie, but the creators, like queer, white, queer, transgender people here were very like against me showing it very contradictory because he, they invited me because they wanted to have like queer people of color curating but then like with the movies I think they didn't get to understand the movies like for them there was so much poverty and, like oh this is talking about transness from like a medical way or like from from a place of like like genitals or like surgeries and like uh, of these parents are like being denied, like not access to like medical transition. And I was like, wow, this is, these movies are talking about this because this is the reality of my country right now. So if you don't want to see that reality, then like don't show these things so or don't show people like movies from other places and you're like super safe trans white community in New York, which you think is big, but this is very small. There are other experiences about trans people uh, around the world that are very different than your community. So if you want to make a program or a series about just happiness and like positive bodies and a super happy trans community, then just show something different. Don't invite me to show to great things because <laughs> I'm going to show you something different.
0: I'm trying to think of, like, a really positive trans film that I've seen,
1: just as a counter narrative. Um, oh, yeah. I, I well, was... they had, like, many, like, at least, like, ten. Like, they were yeah, like, no, oh, sure this is are. for someone from Norway. <laughs> and this is just, like, queers and trans people in a car having so much fun. And though it's so nice to, like, see that that reality is true for me, you know? Totally. It's just, like, being trans is not just that. You can think, like, the world, or because you had access and the privilege to transition when you were, like, 20 years old. And your parents pay for your surgery you know and like you have all that accessibility or access i don't know what's the right word um that's the experience for like all trans people around you or because that's your experience or the experience of your friends or your community uh that mean that or relatives are not like doesn't have um a place to be shown
0: yeah what do you think about um and it's called in in some circles the trans tipping point how we're at a place where so many people now have coverage and are able to medicalize their transition early and then also how it's been already like uh, subsumed into the media and there's all these portrayals of trans people in ways that people want or don't want and yeah, well, how do you relate to that as someone who's out of their 20s and has arrived at a different point in their lives to transition? Looking at American, perhaps, cultural media and also the reality of um, trans teenagers and younger people doing that right now.
1: I think it's a good moment. It's como sí, es difficult to explicar, And I think I've heard other trans explicarlo de it in the same way. It's like a good and bad moment at the same Siento que hay más visibilidad y que es posible el hecho de que un seguro de salud te cubra una transición y pagues muy poco dinero por ella. Me parece increíble y me parece una muy buena señal que estamos avanzando hacia un lugar en el cual tenemos más libertad. Pero al mismo tiempo eh, el gobierno en el que estamos está también castigando esa libertad de diferentes maneras a través de darle espacio a los empleadores para para poder despedir a una persona trans o para no poder contratar a una persona trans o para negar una cirugía que está basada en un seguro de salud dado por un empleador a una persona trans. O sea, creo que estamos peleando por esa visibilidad y que estamos logrando espacios para poder... ...mirarnos y para poder pelear juntos, para poder tener más visibilidad. Pero al mismo tiempo siento que la contradicción de estar bajo un gobierno que... ...en el cual siempre creo que no podemos sentirnos seguros. Like feeling safe is something that, that we cannot just hold, I guess. Sentirnos seguros de que vamos a tener estos privilegios... Por un largo tiempo. Siento que se pueden caer en cualquier momento. Eso es lo que siento. En mi caso personal, creo que reconozco el privilegio de poder transicionar en esta ciudad. De poder tener una transición médica, porque mi transición emocional está ocurriendo en mí por muchos años. Pero la transición médica a los 38 creo que es es algo que, que agradezco no sé muy bien si me lo agradezco a mí de poder permitírmelo o de tener acceso también a un seguro y tener acceso a una cobertura que me permita tener una cirugía o las cirugías que quiera um, tener acceso a hormonas sí
0: are Did... there... oh, sorry. Keep... no
1: disculpa
0: are there some experiences you'd want to share being on hormones
1: um...
0: If not, that's okay. Just... No,
1: it's okay. It's just, I think being on hormones is bringing, like, a lot of changes. I'm dealing with things, I guess, I think the best things are, like, like such an amount of energy that I'm having right now. And that energy, I'm working towards having, like, transforming that energy in, like, creative ways or in art or like trying to be like more concrete about some ideas because I always have so many ideas but it's hard for me to put that ideas in practice or like make like concrete projects and make that things happen and being wanting to show that that's the hardest part I think as an introvert, like I don't want to show I don't feel like showing anything but then I feel like I should the negative part of hormones I guess anger Um, I feel that I have a lot of energy, but that energy also feels like negative sometimes. Somehow in form of anger. And I'm learning through therapy how to deal with it. Um, Also, I feel like it's just... I haven't been able to cry for seven months. And that's... Yeah, that just feels very hard. I'm trying to learn techniques to, like, help myself to cry again. A friend, she's a performer, is kind of helping me, like, oh, maybe you can get some techniques from, like, performance, or... She's an actress, so maybe I can help you crying. And we were like, okay, yeah, let's talk more about it. Um, But, um... Yeah, I think... by now, I think the main thing is, like, my inability to cry. And uh, it has been hard, like, seeing what's going on in my country right now. And I'm seeing so much violence against my people. And I really want to cry. I feel that I really need to cry. But I can't. So all the feelings are transforming into anger. And I don't want that because I'm, I'm full of love. So... I'm exploring how to fix that problem. Yeah, it's taking me a while.
0: Um, to swerve a little, I wanted to know where you go to have fun. <laughs> 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 a little transition. <laughs>
1: where do I go?
0: No, well, what do you do for fun? You don't need to go somewhere. You can go uh,
1: Yeah, again, I'm an introvert. <laughs> so like the places that i have the biggest fun is like when i'm alone i have some spots in new york that i go to be alone for hours just to listen to music like prospect park or the waterfront in williamsburg or greenpoint there is a few spots that i really love so i just go there and i write or i listen to music while while i'm eating something that i like and uh Yeah, it's just like, I feel so much happiness when I do the things. Um, Sometimes cooking something that I like or sometimes working out made me happy. Biking made me happy, the rain made me happy. Um, Watching the clouds, um, walking in the city, Um, walking like without like having a clear point a clear like I'm not I don't know where I'm going I'm just walking for like two hours or three hours in Brooklyn I enjoy that a lot sometimes I enjoy like one on one meeting with people sometimes (laughs) (laughs) at the same time that I'm talking about this it's just like (laughs) I'm a freak I might be a freak but I'm just an introvert (laughs) INFJ so I enjoy that sort of thing
0: I'm an INFJ too
1: are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Okay. I should take the test though
0: I think you have to kind of check in sometimes yeah yeah you want to go over your whole spectrum what's your sign what's your side? What do, you <laughs> do you look towards yeah, well
1: I'm a Pisces also so it's a very like interesting uh, combination of introversion um I'm
0: um, Speaking of astrological signs, I okay. <laughs> wanted to know if you use any other forms of divination
1: or rituals? Uh, no, actually, but I would love to learn. I'm into learning more through friends. I have two friends that are very like into mediumship I'm uh, healing through meditation and like Reiki and that sort of work that I really like and admire. So I'm learning I'm trying to learn more from them like sometimes they same me meditation. I've been doing some meditations for a while but I'm, I'm trying to like be more serious about it and And like develop like a practice that help me connect with myself somehow better
0: Are there ones that speak to you more than others?
1: Um I think meditation helps a lot um yeah like i'm not sure like if this will fit into some sort of practice but i enjoy a lot and that that's related with your question the question before this one uh, what do you enjoy what do you do mm-hmm. yeah i like a lot touching which is very like complicated here in this country in the city i wish i can touch more people like i'm to kind of control myself because people get weird if you touch them too much or i don't want to be invasive i don't want to be disrespectful but I wish I can touch people more. Like that makes me feel so happy when I can give hugs or like or making out or touching like bodies. It's just like I feel so much pleasure.
0: <laughs> and you've and you face some sort of uh
1: Yeah, like I think like I cannot just touch, like hey, hi and touch because that would be weird. Um and I guess I should learn a little bit how to like um ex- pose or like that intention when i want to touch someone like hey like how can we like build boundaries about it or like checking out is like that's something like will make someone feel comfortable i guess i tend to just touch um but most of the time i control myself a lot i wish i can touch more or for longer periods of time people and and i think I like physical contact, yeah. I'm a very introvert and like I do many things alone by myself. Just I love physical contact so much that make me so happy. It's something that I miss from my country. I think in my country and in general in South America. People touch a lot. Even if you don't know someone, you give a hug to someone or you sometimes just hold hands or you kiss people. Um people like hug each other in groups or yeah. When you say hi, you hug someone. You give a hug. I don't know. I just miss that here. Like, people just shake hands. Like, it's just... Like, I've been here for four years, but it's still hard to control myself and, like, to touch less than I used to be. Mm. I used to do.
0: Yeah, how do you um, interpret here, which I think has a really specific kind of, like, consent culture? Mm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In <laughs> As a segue, just what do you make of the ways in which it's um, been kind of authored through the last few years and like kind of a specific code?
1: Mm. I think I'm learning a lot. Like, like I never, like consent was something that you, I, I'm going to talk about myself. Um, I didn't experience like the concept of like consent and, and, the ways that people experience consent here, within the queer community, so that's something that I'm learning, and I'm very like grateful that I'm learning like how to like express like or put boundaries with people. Uh, it's something that new f- is new for me, and I'm learning it here in New York. So, I guess like many years ago, like twenty years ago, when I started exploring queerness, like you will do what you feel, and I used to be very impulsive. So, I don't know, I'm thinking now, like, how that people might have felt, like, when I was just, like, kissing or touching or, like, doing whatever I wanted or, like, being, like, sexual or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, yeah, I guess I'm learning a lot about it. I'm still learning, and I'm going to keep learning.
0: How do you learn about
1: it? I, I don't know, I think I'm very impulsive. And here in New York, I'm less impulsive. I'm I'm more rational, and like I'm letting impulsivity goes uh, when I'm allowed to. But like in general, I'm very like I try to control myself a lot.
0: <laughs> and is that new, or is that something that just happened as soon as you got here? This, like how did that get kind of integrated? I
1: think integrated because people like has people have boundaries, so that's super good to learn. Like people like say. I don't want this, or I want this thing being this way, or, like, why are you open to, I don't know. You have to have some sort of dialogue before doing some things, I think, is nice.
0: I hear you. Yeah, I guess we can start to wrap up, but I wanted to know if there's, like, other things you'd like to share, or... um, something that you haven't talked about that feels really pressing or important to you in your experience living here, in your experience moving here, you know, in your experience being an immigrant now with everything that is politically like nightmarish in our landscape, um, just anything?
1: Mm, My guess. I guess people are more open to understanding inter- intersectionality. Uh, it's a word that I'm hearing, I'm, I'm seeing everywhere. Uh, and I think people are kind of like using that word for many things and I'm not sure if they really understand what that intersectionality means. So I guess like, I don't know, I would just... I wish like people are more able to listen to people or to difference or to otherness in in ways
0: Mm. well you you first said that you think people are using that word more Mm. as a way as a mode of of, um, understanding themselves and locating themselves in relation to other people Mm. and then you said you don't think that they understand it and I wanted to know for you like what does it mean or does it have the effectiveness that it that it's supposed to be inserted into our dialogue of, you know, breaking down certain sorts of systems that aren't, you know, apparent.
1: What the question again?
0: Um, basically what intersectionality means to you, like what oh. it, what it def- is defined as with you, and if you think it function, if it's functional for you, mm-hmm. since you said that you don't think people actually know what it means
1: when it's used. Sí, creo que es funcional para mí en términos de que puedo entender mi identidad desde desde tantas perspectivas diferentes y creo que todavía ni siquiera he terminado de entender mi identidad o he terminado de construirla. Creo que puedo hablar desde desde la voz del inmigrante, desde la voz de una persona de color, desde la voz de una persona queer, desde la voz de una persona trans. Y todas esas voces convergen en la persona que soy. Me pasa muchas veces que creo que la gente me escucha desde una sola perspectiva eh, o que trata de escucharme desde diferentes perspectivas pero de alguna manera los sobrepasa y al sobrepasarlos escapan. No creo que haya un esfuerzo por realmente escuchar o tratar de entender las convergencias de... la convergencia de identidades de, de una persona y eso a veces me frustra. Creo que it's sí, es algo de lo que pienso muy muy a menudo y creo que estoy aprendiendo a hablarlo más con las personas, y a manifestar uh, esa intención que espero ver en, en la gente.
0: Mm. and when you um, or anyone has to define themselves at these, in these certain terms you know, like I'm a man or a woman, you know, like all mm. these different kinds of like um, demographic mm. information. Um, and then thinking about like the expansiveness of transness mm. and the ways in which in the beginning you, you mentioned you didn't know how to describe it even because it's a shape, it's a color, it's a texture. It's, mm. it's outside of the kind of the realm of like how intersectionality seems to still mark you within like a certain kind of terminology mm. that's like verbal. Um, so I wanted to know if there's like, yeah, things that you wish other people knew about you that were be outside of the realm of these, of these distinctions.
1: I don't know how to, how to respond to that.
0: That's okay. It's a big setup. Yeah. I just,
1: yeah. um. Yeah, I will need to think about it. Totally. I might come up with a response, but I will need to think about it.
0: Well, thank you so much. This was so sweet that you, you came to talk to
1: me thank you thank you for listening